Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sat down with Josh Brown, the owner of John Brown BBQ in New York City, to talk all things Chiefs and how Patrick Mahomes helped save his Kansas City Chiefs restaurant during the pandemic. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 11 win over the Chargers? Uh, Nice. I get a chance to go full football nerd here. (laughs) Um, 13 personnel, uh, that's what stood out to me. Uh, in the Week 11 win against the Chargers. And for those who don't know the the nomenclature, um, that's when you have three tight ends, one running back, one receiver on the field. The Chiefs were really, really good when they were in 13 personnel this week. Uh, friend of the site, Joseph, Joseph Hefner, excuse me, uh, who I work with at, at Casey Sports Network, he shared um, a, a snaps by formation chart. And uh, that really put it into perspective um, because they only play about like 20% of their snaps, of their offensive snaps out of 13. Um, but they had 0.79 uh, expected points added on those snaps, which, I mean, that's more than any other form- formation. That means when they were in 13, they had more successful plays. They were expected to score more points than in any other formation. Um and the thing about that, it wasn't just the the run plays because you think, okay, you got three tight ends on the field, like you're going to run the football. Now they, it, the Chiefs have such a versatile group of tight ends between Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, and uh, Jody Fortson that like they can, you know, they can they can run like you know they can run their tight ends wide and and they don't have to run like a tight formation. They can actually pass the ball. Um, and, and in fact, I, I you know I think Kelsey's long touchdown was out of thirteen, the one where he kind of ran up the sideline there. Um, so yeah, I mean I think uh, that, that's something that they need to incorporate more, especially this week if Juju is still in the concussion protocol, because I mean it was just so deadly and effective against the Chargers, and and maybe that's something that they saw on tape uh, against the Chargers or from their first matchup that they noticed. Um, but man, they were really good out of thirteen this week, and I, I just want to see more of it because I feel like there's opportunities for more creativity there. Like I said, you know, the versatility the, to be able to run the ball and throw the ball as effect- effectively out of thirteen because thirteen forces opponents into their base defense, right? So you're gonna have more linebackers on the field, you're gonna have more defensive linemen in the trenches, not as many defensive backs, and when you have you know, tight ends who can run routes and are as quick and athletic as receivers. Um, and you can run the ball successfully, throw the ball successfully at that. That makes that formation just that much more dangerous. What were your thoughts on the performance of the chiefs rookie class on Sunday night? You know, there were three guys who really impressed me. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, Sky Moore and Brian Cook. I think the first two are probably a little more obvious, so I'm going to start with Cook. I a lot of people forget that that Cook was a second round draft pick, which is surprising to me because like we have all these expectations that are attached to Sky Moore for the same reason. But uh, well, that's a little besides the point. But anyhow, um, there were a few plays uh, from Cook that stood out to me. 
Um, and one of his first plays in for, for Juan Thornhill, the char- Chargers kind of tested him. They sent like a, a – he was – I think it was a too high look. Um, and and he – but he was – I think, you know, other safety, uh, I think it was uh, Justin Reed, he rolled down into the box a little bit, which left uh, – with which left uh, um, Cook, you know, as kind of the lone deep defender there. And, and you know, they sent uh, a deep out on the left hash and a, a go route up the opposite seam. And the goal of that play is kind of to put him in conflict and make him choose. If the if the out route, you know, beats their guy, there's no one over there. If the seam route beats their guy, there's 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 no one over there. So he has to make a decision, you know, kind of fairly late. Um, and, and it's supposed to put him in conflict, make him choose. But he was really patient, and it, he helped take away both routes because of that patience. Um, and, and ultimately forced the check down. Um, I, that just really impressed me because the deep coverage by safeties this year, it just hasn't been all that impressive to me compared to, to previous years. Um, but but he made the right decision there by, by being patient. Um, he was able to kind of stay in a spot where it's like, okay, he could break either way here, and, and it, it forced Justin Herbert to hold on to the football. So, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was nice. And then his tackle of, of Austin Eckler in the red zone, um, ahead of the end of the second half, that play, I mean, there were two plays after it, but that play specifically helped, um, I, I thought kind of end that drive and hold the chargers three points there. Um, had they scored a touchdown there, you know, this is a game that the chiefs won by three points. This might've turned out a loss. So, uh, had they scored a touchdown there. Then um, he was also in on the tackle uh, with Nick Bolton where Keenan Allen fumbled. I thought that he got a piece of Keenan Allen there and almost kind of forced him into Bolton a little bit, who I, I believe was the one who forced the fumble. So that was that was a really nice play. Uh, and, I mean, we haven't really seen Cook on the field. I, I think he's had a couple games where he's had um, – a bit of snaps, but, but this one was really like the first time where he was out there and he was flashing and, uh, he looked really, he looked comfortable. I mean, now he had, um, a couple plays. There were a couple plays that weren't as, uh, successful. Um, he was late on, I think Josh Palmer's deep touchdown. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he, there were a couple plays in there that where he looked like, okay, I'm, this is a guy who's coming in off the bench, but, you kind of have to expect that. Uh, and I think Steve Spagnuolo said on, on Tuesday that, you know, hey, like when this guy, if he has a full week of practice, he's going to be he's going to be good. <laughs> so uh, he's going to get that full helping of snaps and practice this week, presumably uh, if Juan Thornhill's out with the with the calf injury. Um, so we'll we'll kind of see what happens there. As for the guys on offense, Sky Moore, uh, he had that breakout game that we'd all been waiting for. Um, I was impressed with the way he attacked the ball, specifically on like comeback routes. Like he's he's <laughs> he's not going to drop it, and he's going to make sure that if it <laughs> if he doesn't catch it with his hands, with those big old hands of his, he, he's going to catch it with his chest because he was he was on that football. Um, and, and you know he had a nice catch on a scramble drill where I was kind of like, okay, Mahomes and this kid, they're they're finally in sync. Um, so I want to see more of that. 
I'm a little afraid that, you know, Dave Tobes is going to go back here and kill his confidence by putting him back out there on punt returns this week. Uh, I pray he's made progress there. I think he probably has. But um, I, I really, I, I would like to see him just focus on, on the receiver side of the game and, and not have to worry about special teams. But right now, uh, it doesn't seem the Chiefs have that luxury. So it looks like he's getting back out there in punts, and we'll just see how that goes. On to Pacheco, I, I it felt like the Chiefs were really setting this up for the past few weeks. Uh, now And now with Edwards-Alaire sideline with the high ankle sprain, uh, he just needs to go out there and do it again against a team this week that, you know, a little bit, a little bit better against the run. Obviously, have a, a you know star defensive tackle in there, and Aaron Donald. That's going to make it hard to run some of those plays up the middle. But um, I, I think that you know he's showing now what he can be moving forward for this team, um, and how effective he can be in the run game to kind of help open up the passing game when you know perhaps they don't have all these guys on the field, right? You know, no Juju, no Nicole, and what have you. Should the Chiefs be concerned with their injury situation moving forward? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, In my opinion, there are only a few players, maybe three or four, uh, on the roster where if those players get injured, you're in trouble. I won't name them for the sake of the superstitious folks out there, but you can probably guess who I'm talking about. Um... I think this past week we learned that the receiver group is deeper than expected. Uh, We've kind of seen throughout the season that the secondary and the defensive line are pretty flush with talent because they've had, you know, suspension, injury, so on and so forth. Uh, Same with the linebacker group, too, there. Um, But, you know, these injuries where various role players are out a couple weeks, I I personally think they're a good thing. (laughs) I mean, no injuries are a good thing, but, like, you know, having those absences where, you know, you can provide some value, valuable experience to younger players on the team. Because remember, like, people have these expectations of guys being able to step in immediately and perform, but, like, those guys aren't getting all the reps during practice. You know, there's only so much they can do during the week to prepare them for the, those moments. So, you know, a lot of these guys they need those opportunities during the practice week to learn how to, you know, prepare for a game as a starter with all the reps, because that, that it, it's more important than, than it gets credit for. And um, then when you do have some of that longer lasting stuff pop up, right, you're ready to address it. You have players who are confident, ready, who can come in, um, understand what they need to do to get themselves prepared during the practice week. Um, and, and be an effective player for the team. Do you believe the Chiefs will add any recently waived players for their postseason run? Um, I don't, but that's only because they're so low on the waiver wire priority that basically every other NFL team will have to pass on a player for them to make it to Kansas City. Um, now, do I think they'd like to add some players uh, who, who've recently been waived? Sure. Um, specifically the two young players who were just released by the Rams on Tuesday, who will probably by, you know, by the time you've heard this, they'll already have new teams. So, uh, I don't know who those teams will be, but, um, both, uh, Darrell Henderson Jr. And, and Justin Hollins, they'd be good additions, uh, by the Chiefs. Henderson in particular, I mean, we saw that they put in a claim for, for, uh, Eno Benjamin, 
who ends up in Houston. Um, I mean, Henderson could go a long way towards reinforcing like the depth that they need at running back. Um, his skill set more closely fits what the Chiefs like compared to, say, a Ronald Jones, who's been a healthy scratch for, for 10 weeks. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, if they had an opportunity to take, you know, to claim Henderson and and uh, perhaps drop Jones, I, I think, honestly, they might do that. Um, just because Henderson can back up both um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's presumably going to go on IR or be out for a few weeks with this ankle injury, or he can back up Jarek McKinnon, um, who, you know, does the third down stuff, because uh, Henderson also, you know, did that third down stuff uh, for for the Rams as well. Pass protection, pass catching, four career touchdowns as a pass catcher. Um, he He's good. It's just a matter of... Uh, and, you know, you're, you're like, oh, he's good. Why did the Rams release him? Well, uh, they have some young players that they want to play there. And Henderson wasn't going to get a lot of snaps. He's on the last year of his deal. He's not going to be resigned by the Rams. So they're doing him a solid by releasing him and letting him go. It was pretty clear he tweeted out some stuff that, like, that was what was happening. So... Um, yeah, he's, he's a good player. He would be nice to have on this team, and I think he would make them better for the stretch run. As for Hollins, uh, he's a lengthy, speedy pass rusher. Um, I think the Chiefs probably have their own version in Joshua Kando, who they already don't use, so I'd be surprised it, to see them put in a claim there, but you never know. Maybe he's someone they liked better uh, than Kando. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they have a better eval on him. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, I think that there are going to be other teams that put in claims on both those players before he would, uh, before either of them would get to the Chiefs. Okay, let's check in with the Chiefs Wire mailbag. Ask Chiefs Wire. Drew Porter asks, what's with the quote-unquote tale of two halves? I feel like every position group has dominated second halves of games. Is it just superior conditioning or elite adjustments? Um, I think you're kind of on to something with both of those those parts there uh, with the conditioning and, and adjustment adjustments. Um, if you'll remember back to like early in the season, I, I feel like there were several players who kind of praised the Chiefs' offseason workouts and training camp and the training staff because they felt like they were more physically fit and prepared to play four quarters of football than their opponents. Um, so I think there's an element of that present now that it's kind of later in the season, you're seeing the team switch to their, their mid-season practice schedule um, a couple weeks back here, which that means lighter practices and a little bit more mental work and focusing on the details, but they're, they're still able to go out there and play a full four quarters because, you know, they got into tip-top shape uh, back during training camp. And, and Reed kind of has the, I mean, Andy Reed has the reputation um, for having training camps like that, that really get you ready, uh, both physically and mentally. So, um, and, and, you know, it's a long, challenging season. So I, I feel like that's, that's a bonus. That's a good, good part of, uh, being here and under Andy Reed. Now there's also something to be said about the way that chiefs players kind of play the game compared to others around the league. Um, and I've been told personally by some guys in that locker room who, who spent time elsewhere that the coaching staff does a really great job of encouraging guys to communicate with them 
about what they're seeing on the field. Um, you know, and, and we've seen that before. I mean, we've seen, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, you know, uh, talk about the, you know, say the 13 second game last year. I mean, they, they'll see things during the game that they come back to later in the game that help them, uh, you know, gain an advantage. Just this last game, like they're getting a lot of man coverage opportunities with, with Travis Kelsey and Derwin James, for instance. Like that's something that was discussed by, by Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed, the enemy, so on. Like then, you know, they take their shot in the two-minute drill with Kelsey uh, and Derwin James. Derwin James manned up on him. Um, so, it, it, and it's not just all uh, on the offense, too, with the, the communication. Like, the defensive players do a really good job con- communicating to their com- uh, position coaches, like, what they're seeing, you know, certain releases from receivers or when, say, uh, an offensive lineman responds a certain certain way to a pass rush move. Um, you know, there's some talk about, uh, Chris Jones potentially like setting Justin Herbert up on that play that kind of looked like a draw play, um, where, where Herbert went to kind of skate, escape up the middle and run with the ball. I I wouldn't be shocked if he saw something on another snap, took note and, and then exploited it. And, um, you know, that, that's the type of stuff that, I mean, it's a big reason why the chiefs like to like to defer at, at, uh, when they win the coin toss, right? Because they know that they can come out of the half after having discussed things and find an advantage that they can exploit um, and, and, you know, use to maybe gain that, you know, um, advantage right out of the half. So, yeah, I think that that you're you're right uh, on the money with those uh, with those two thoughts, with with the conditioning, with the adjustments that they make. but I would just add that, you know, a, a part of those adjustments is, is the way that they kind of encourage players to communicate what they're seeing on the field and and that they trust in them, too, because, right, you know, uh, if a player tells you something and it's not the right thing, you know, obviously that's that's not a good thing. But they, they trust their guys to that they're smart enough to see something and get it right. And um, that's uh, that's I mean, it's it's proven to be big for this team. And lastly, Charles, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you'd like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, so we have uh, plenty of uh, articles recapping the uh, Week 11 win over the Chargers. Um, Wesley shifted from our AFC uh, West Roundup, our weekly AFC West Roundup, to our AFC Playoff Picture article series. I think this might be like the earliest we've shifted to our look at the playoff picture. But, I mean, with the three-game lead on the division, it just felt right. And, um, you know, Ed has some articles up heading into week 12 um, about some guys who, who uh, could see more playing time due to injury. We already talked a little bit about Brian Cook earlier. He'll be in there for safety at one, uh, for one Thornhill, it sounds like. And, and Sky Moore uh, back at punt returner with Kadarius Tony Hurt, assuming neither of those players can return this week, which isn't a given at this point. We'll, we'll find out. Um, lots of preview content coming uh, on the way on Friday and Saturday. Less less so on Thursday. We'll have a little bit on Thursday. Um, j- just a little bit of content for you to consume on Thanksgiving along with your uh, turkey and stuffing and all that good stuff. Uh, in the spirit of the holiday, we are very thankful for you, our listeners, our readers, for tuning into the show and checking out the website. I say it weekly, but uh, we really we couldn't do this without your support. So thank you so much. 
Uh, you know what we say right about now? You know what we say, guys? Go Chiefs. Hey, Josh. Is that Easton from USA Today? How you doing? All right, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. I'm, I'm happy to uh, get in touch with you. It's like uh, for a while now, we've been wanting to get you on the show and just uh, talk about your restaurant and everything that's been going on, especially now with Thanksgiving. Oh, cool, man. Well, I mean, I'm here. I'm at your disposal, so let me know what you need. <laughs> oh, no, this is great. Well, I just want to first start off by um, saying how has it been so far now? It's the holiday weekend starting. What has uh, been going on that might be a little different than uh, usual days at the restaurant? Well, I mean, Thanksgiving week is kind of, you know, I mean, it's a little up and down because people are leaving town. But we usually, you know, have pretty decent business. We're closed on Thanksgiving Day. Uh and then the weekend, you know, we just get back into it. And Christmas season's always nice to be in the restaurant industry. So and the Chiefs, as long as they keep winning, <laughs> like, like life is good. So, and that's exactly what we're here to talk about. And you guys are the number one uh, Chiefs bar in New York City. I, I kind of have to ask because you know it's always a, a topic. Seeing that it's a Kansas City Chiefs bar and restaurant. Does it feel uh, weird, like when you know certain people come in and they're probably like a Giants or Jets fan? How how are you guys uh, in regards to handling that? Well, I mean, I think it's we're pretty well known, especially in our neighborhood. Of like, we don't really show those games. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> if you walk in and you're like a Jets fan, I mean, you know, I still am a New York citizen, resident, proudly so. You know, like. I, I don't hate the Jets. I'm friends with Tony Richardson, who was, uh, you know, he was happy to be a Jet for a while. So I sideways root for him. But there's no, like, get the hell out of here sort of thing going on or anything, you know. But if you walk in and think that we're going to turn on the Jets when there's 60 Chiefs fans going nuts, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you've been smoking that legal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I know every Chiefs fan appreciates that as well. Uh, you mentioned Tony Richardson. Are there any uh, former players or maybe even current players that have stopped by the restaurant? Yeah, we've had a couple. Uh, uh, Dante Hall and Tony are like, they're pretty, like, I mean, Tony lives in the neighborhood. We're pretty decent friends. And Dante lives over in Jersey City, and we chat too. And, like, it's sporadic, but they'll come in, and, you know, it makes it, like, just that much better, you know, like. It's always fun to watch a game with Dante and Tony. And we had Joe Valerio come in one time. Uh, Hank Stram's uh, son came in one time. So, I mean, we've had, like, here there, uh, Jason Kander, the Secretary of State of Missouri, mm-hmm. now who works with uh, veterans uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we've had lots of people that I would have never had the opportunity probably to meet otherwise. Uh, it's awesome. No, it's definitely great. And uh, just going by the atmosphere, how it is at the restaurant, I, I just remember seeing videos uh, popping up of the celebrations going on after after winning the Super Bowl a few years ago. Can you just describe the scene and how it was uh, at the restaurant as you were there when the uh, Chiefs won for the first time in 50 years? Yeah, I mean, it was already crazy. I mean, it was already, like, just the most slam packs that's ever been there. We were far, far beyond the fire. (laughs) And and the craziest thing with the experience at our place is we have a back patio area, which has a TV. It's probably half the people were back there. 
and I don't know what happened, like the splitter overheated or something, but the TV went out in the back, like which is the only TV. So everybody piled into an already just insanely packed house inside. And then Damian Williams scored that touchdown probably about 30 seconds later. And all was, you know, I mean, it was just chaos from that point on, which was awesome. Yeah, so good times. <laughs> I hope for a couple more. Hey, I mean, it's looking it's looking good right now. And um, just uh, obviously looking forward to uh, this Sunday. Uh, when fans do come in and they go to a game, I mean, where they come in obviously to watch the game and enjoy the amazing food, uh, is there anything special that you guys do to uh, get everything revved up some more? Yeah, I mean, you know, we just are, we're like a welcoming place. You know, I'm Kansas City, so, you know, I have those ethos of, like, come on in and sit yourself <laughs> down. We don't really have, like, bands or anything playing. It's just, like, we've had a core kind of group that's been coming in for seven years, or eight years, maybe even, like, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of another sort of base that comes in like two or three times a season. And now we get people from all over because uh, the Chiefs, uh, like official connection or whatever we got just recently. And like, yeah, we're pretty well known for that. I mean, now that like Patrick Mahomes is like, you know, I mean, the most, even people in China know who Patrick Mahomes is and they have no idea what football even is, you know, like, it's like that's how big the Chiefs are right now, you know. I mean, and yeah, I I'm living in a golden age and trying to appreciate every single second of this. Like, I remember Bill Kenny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember Todd Blackledge. You know, like these people are whining about like Trent Green. I'm like, what? Like, uh, yeah, those are the, like the four. Those are the silver era. You know. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's definitely great to be a Chiefs fan these days. I definitely hear you. And uh, before I let you go, this is a question I always ask uh, everybody on, whether it's a celebrity or um, a former player, current player. If you had to choose, you're putting together your all-time Chiefs team, and you can only choose one player at this position. Who's your tight end? Is it Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey? Oh, man, that's a real tough one. You're, like, putting me up against it because – like, if this is ever, like, heard by either of them, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, I mean, to be honest, Tony Gonzalez, like, still goes down as probably the greatest chief ever until Patrick Mahomes, like, you know, has, like, 30 more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't take away from a Hall of Famer yet until the other gentleman is in the Hall of Fame also. Because I, I said that Tony Gonzalez statistically is the greatest chief ever. I mean, even though, you know, Kelsey is right up there. And, like, yeah, that's a tough one, man. He put me on the spot. I'll just say it's Chris Dunn. About oh, that. I like that. I like that. I'll skip Bettless on you until it's, yeah, it's Chris Dunn or Tony Maioki. Hey, you throw you, you there's plenty more you could throw in. You know what's funny? You're actually the first person to suggest a different name. So uh, I, I mean, you're already down in the history books for the show. Well, so. the thing is that I can't get like you know any flack for you know not picking one or the other. I mean, I'm picking between like you know gold and platinum. You know, I mean, yeah. like, it's kind of like, but one is already currently in the Hall of Fame. I believe he's in the Hall of Fame, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah, like, he's in. Tony's in. Yeah, yeah, and one who will soon be. So I mean. 
I have to go with seniority and merit meritocracy in you know real world you know so <laughs> i mean he'll be in there in a minute and then i'll have this debate over again but there's no doubt his best quarterback is so yeah i mean is it brody croyle or <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you a little quick story just as we're talking about the chiefs how much i love them early oh, they basically cool. saved my business in new york city too like that all happened we had two restaurants at the time and basically that, you know, the Super Bowl, the the run there was like, you know, I mean, by far the busiest days we've ever had. And that happened two weeks before everything went to hell. And we actually got to kind of like send our staff home with their full pay and like even a little bit extra for those who couldn't get their full pay or, you know don't have the safety net as we could maybe call it, you know, like that, you know, Americans would have when that happened. But so like, yeah, basically he, he left us kind of like, I mean, he saved us because I mean, I know other people like, you know, they just talked to their employees for six months and try to pay them a nickel at a time because you know, nobody thought they were going to be closed down and stop making money. But, but yeah, man, Patrick Mahomes saved my restaurant. <laughs> like, wow. So if I didn't love the guy anymore, you know, if I didn't like have already deified him in my mind, even before you know the pandemic, it's like yeah, I mean, and he's like the greatest guy on earth, dude. I mean, like mm-hmm. married well, sweetheart, like you know, all the guy does is play bad. Talk about sports, probably. You know? <laughs> like, so yeah, man, it's good to be a Chiefs fan, man. Like. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy, you know, like even when we like lose a big playoff game or something, it's like he's still the greatest. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the bestest. I mean, like you, even when the Chiefs lose, you still get five Mahomes highlights. Like, what the f was that? You know, like he's like the first and one quarterback, you know, just like oh like every <laughs> every other play is just like some people are like I can't believe this is even happening, but we deserve it. We're Chiefs fans. You know, our last draft pick was Todd Blackledge, so <laughs> <laughs> this is well earned. You know, we've never drafted a good quarterback ever until Patrick Mahomes. Like as a franchise, Lynn Dawson was a cast off from six years of being like a backup for the Steelers or something. Like. Mm-hmm. So this is the only quarterback that, I mean, he is Kansas City. I even read things about, like, how Kansas City has almost been rejuvenated by the guy, like the city itself. Well, I just want to say real quick, do you want to just shout out, just give the full address and, uh, you know, the website for the restaurant? Yeah, it's uh, John Brown Barbecue, and it's uh, 27-20 40th Avenue. And we do stuff weird here. Um <laughs> Uh, Astoria, New York. Okay, sounds good, man. Uh, thank you for everything, and uh, like I said, enjoy your Thanksgiving, man. Enjoy the holidays, and uh, go Chiefs. All right, man. Thank you. Go Chiefs, dude. Have take, a good one. Take care. I want to take time to thank everyone for listening to the show. We are forever thankful for your support. Please follow us on Twitter at the Chiefs Wire. I'm Eddie C. Jr. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and the rest of your holidays. Mm-hmm.